Welcome entrepreneurs and startups to Art of the Kickstart, the podcast that every entrepreneur needs to listen to before you launch. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president and founder of Inventus Partners, the world's only turnkey product launch company that has helped over 2,000 innovations successfully raise over $400 million in capital since 2010. Each week, I interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level. This show would not be possible without our main sponsor, Product Hype a 300,000 member crowdfunding media site and newsletter that's generated millions of dollars in sales for over a thousand top tier projects since 2017. Check out producthype.co to subscribe to the weekly newsletter. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I'm super stoked because I am speaking with the CEO and the inventor of the Monkey Mount, Mr. David Mills. Uh, And if you haven't already, jump on the web, Google Monkey Mount, check out his product because likely when you guys are hearing this episode, the campaign likely will be finished on Kickstarter, but we're going to be heading over to Indiegogo In Demand. And if you haven't seen it already, Monkey Mount is the truly innovative hands-free massage gun holder. And I know everybody listening likely has one of these amazing percussive massage devices, but cannot reach those tough spots. And David has created a solution to this with over 1,500 backers, over $90,000 in funding with just a week left on Kickstarter. Mr. David Mills, thank you so much for gracing us on Art of the Kickstart today. Thanks, Roy. Thanks for having us. And I just want to caveat, monkey is spelt with two E's and not a Y when you do that search. The monkey mount. So David, let's jump in and talk to our audience a little bit about your background and what's led you to becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, yes, please uh, go ahead. Or you want me to just go <laughs> straight you into my background? You buddy. This is about you. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, my background is I used to be in the military. That was the start of my career in the United Kingdom. I transitioned from that into personal training when I left ended up moving from the UK to Aspen, Colorado of all places. So uh, just happened to be where my wife lived and I got to move out there. Started working as a personal trainer, came across some really awesome guys who were doing some really great things. A couple of other inventors in the space. My partner in the business actually invented the TRX Rip Trainer, which wasn't the TRX Rip Trainer at the time, but they were then acquired by TRX. So As I was working as a personal trainer, I was constantly kind of looking at the space and trying to figure out, you know, what products and what needs there might be. And I didn't want to work as a personal trainer for the rest of my life as much as I love it. Helping people, I wanted to be able to kind of reach a larger audience and do something that challenged me a little further. And I actually launched a a previous company and a previous product called the Vibehex Pro Roller. Um, We still sell that. It's still on the market. And during that process of developing that product and that business, I came up with the idea of for the monkey mount. I, I saw clients and saw people and experienced it myself. Was like, I love these massage guns, but I really can't get that spot in the middle of my back that hurts the most right now. And I don't want to get on the floor and use my roller. So, you know, I was going and asking my wife to do it for me. And she was pretty much like, it's kind of funny, you know, she's she's doing it for me, but then 
she's either pressing it too hard or not hard enough or not getting that right spot. So just, you know, as I thought more and more about the idea of creating something that allowed you to attach a massage gun onto a, some kind of mount, it made, it made a lot of sense to me. And, um, this journey started probably two and a half years ago now where we first, you know, my initial designs uh, were very, very different to what we ended up developing. And over, I, I, we must've done 20 iterations of this product. Like every time something came back to me from working with my designer, it was like, okay, let's make this better. Let's make this better. Which seems like a lot for such a, what, what seems like a simple product, but we really wanted to make that user experience as seamless as possible. So we, you know, once we finally got this thing completed, that it's going to be the best product that it can be. And that's where it's at right now. So we're, you know, moving forwards with the manufacturing and, and really excited to hopefully get this thing on the market come February. Well, it's an amazing product. I'm a, a big fan of the percussion devices themselves, but not a big fan of all those hard to reach spots on, you know, the back, lower back, upper back, all those spots that you just can't, can't get. And I think this problem obviously solves all of that. So first off, I got to ask what, what led you to coming up with the name monkey mount for this product? You know, I, uh, branding is a tough, is a tough game. And I think I, I, learned from experience my first product I, I started with the pulse peanut and very quickly I learned that that was a little bit sexual so um, very quickly got rid of that name so I, I went through quite a lot of experience of trying to name products so I wanted to find something that had, was a little bit edgy that kind of represented something that was a little bit fun which I want my brand to be but essentially you know it's kind of like a monkey holding onto a tree there's an element of that in it too that's hold, then holding your massage gun. So that was kind of part of the inspiration for monkey mount as the name. And then, you know, mount just to keep it nice and simple. So yeah, that's kind of how that, that came to be. I'm always a big fan of alliteration as my team knows. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about your team. Like what's your current setup there? How do you guys all work together? Or is it just a one man band? It's my, a lot of it's myself in terms of the founding elements um i do have a partner bill fabricini but his main role is connecting me with certain individuals and provided educational content so as we we push out educational content in the future he's he's the guy he, he's the guy that knows everything about the body and he's a personal trainer as well as a physical therapist and he works with some of the greatest you know, he works with athletes and, and some really great guys here in aspen in terms of the rest of the team i have my designer his name's garrett williams really great guy he's really guided me through this process in terms of taking care of a lot of the technical details all of the technical drawings and elements that are needed in order to actually create a product from scratch so he's a very very important member of my team and you know outside of that we're actually working with the eventies team they're a Kickstarter crowdfunding agency, um, and they're actually handling a lot of the other elements. Um, I've worked, you know, I've worked by hiring individual people for each of the different roles in the past, but by far working with the Eventies guys has been amazing. They're, they're, they have everybody that you need to take care of every, you know, all the marketing, all the the design work, and, and it's a lot easier to just work with them than trying to do it all yourself. 
No, I totally get that. And obviously big kudos to my team working on the, on the project. I mean, you've been working with us for a while now. What were some of those considerations when you were looking to choose an agency to partner with on this innovation? It was really like looking for companies that had a good track record. I, I looked through some of the Kickstarters that I liked that resonated with me and basically looked at who did those. And, you know, I liked the professionalism and, and the way they came across and Reed who handles sales did a really good job and was a really nice and uh, approachable guy. So yeah, I, 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 this wasn't the only company that I had, had, you know, talked through, talked with, I talked through multiple companies and, and Eventies was the one that stood out. Amazing. So let's talk a little bit about the prep work leading up to the crowdfunding campaign. But before I even ask that question, what was your first experience with crowdfunding and what made you choose crowdfunding as a means to launch this innovation with? Yeah, there's a couple of companies that really caught my attention in the in this space, in, in the recovery space. And I'd seen their success that they've, they'd had. I'm not going to mention them because I don't want to give them some free free advertising, but um, the they'd hit over a million dollars on their Kickstarter campaigns. And I was just like fascinated that that's as you know, crazy as it can go just based on, on a pre-sales campaign. So, you know, I really liked the idea and, you know, the main thing for me is it was really a great opportunity to get product validation. I could have put this product into production and started from scratch straight onto sales for my website, but to get that, that validation in such a way that we have with like 1500 plus backers on a pre-sale is, is really good. And it shows me that this product is worth pursuing you know, especially before you go spend in fifty, a hundred thousand dollars on inventory and you don't have a customer. It's, it's, that's the way I did it in the past. And so this was a really, uh, made a lot more sense in a way to, to do it moving forwards. Nice. So now let's dive into a little bit of the prep work leading up to the crowdfunding campaign. What did that look like to, you know, basically get your campaign launched in such a successful position and continue to bring in backers today? The most important thing for me and the things that stood out on campaigns that I saw that were successful was the media, was the video and imagery and making it a little bit more fun. Uh, the ones that for me, I was seeing that seemed to earn the most money, get the most backers. They were really kind of fun and innovative and, you know, they, they didn't take it too seriously in the videos. And I worked with a really great crew out of California who came and, and shot my video we actually cut a lot of scenes out it was like six minutes long at one point so there's a there's a ton of outtakes that we can put on our youtube channel and in the future but that was the kind of big part on my on my end was getting all that right getting it all looking as good as it can be and then allowing the the agency to eventies to then put those puzzle pieces all into place and there was a lot of work that went into the pre-campaign too. So we did about an eight to 10 week pre-campaign. And, you know, that process was a lot of email collection, a lot of early advertising, getting our ads dialed in so that once we hit the Kickstarter, we were ready to go. And, and I think we really achieved that. We hit a real good first two, three days. And, and a lot of that pre-work had been very effective. Absolutely. Yeah, hitting the funding goal on day one is always exciting and hopefully let you uh, sleep a little bit easier after all that prep work, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> it was good validation. So 
likely when our listeners are listening to this, as I mentioned, the campaign will be over on Indiegogo in demand. What uh, what kind of led you to go that route in terms of post Kickstarter success? I just wanted to keep the momentum going. We've got another two to three months until inventory is ready to ship and we can start selling through our website. So an opportunity to continue putting this in front of an audience and, and getting the pre-sales and keeping the buzz going and keeping the momentum going was what I was looking for. So transitioning over and, you know, continuing to work with the team on, on trying to get those pre-sales was, you know, was kind of key. So we don't still see that lull. Absolutely. So what's been the biggest surprise of the Kickstarter campaign so far for you? Maybe the kind of initial hit of sales. I, I really didn't think that it would hit so big so quickly. That surprised me. And, and also, the, we, we kept a really good pace on, on our sales throughout the campaign, um, you know, up until this point. So it was just, just really also like really exceeding our fundraising goals too there was definitely an internal number that I had in my head that would have been like a great success. And I far exceeded that. So, you know, I was very surprised to see it working so well. Amazing. Well, David, this has been awesome, but now we're going to get into the launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good to go? Yeah. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Um, I mean, working as a uh, personal trainer and living in Aspen, there's not a lot of, work opportunities outside of the tourism and hospitality hospitality space so you know essentially i just wanted to get out and use draw upon my experience from the military and use that to create and run my own business so if you could meet any entrepreneur throughout history who would it be uh it would have to be uh richard branson branson all right so what would be your first question for sir branson well, he one of his my favorite sayings from him is find people better than you and get out of their get out of your or get out of their way. I always find to f- struggle to find those really good people. Not saying that it's hard to find people better than me, but it's really tough finding the best people in their space. So, so I, I'd love to ask him how, how he does that. <laughs> how can I better find those people? Nice. Any uh, book you would recommend to our listeners? Yeah, I love the E Myth. So if you're going to start a business, it's just the, 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 the lesson that it teaches is the, the mistake that everyone makes when they first try setting up a business, which is essentially trying to do everything themselves. And then it kind of talks you through how to actually set it up and what your goal should be. And it's just a really good book. It's a little older, but it's a, it's a good one. Definitely. Yeah. One of those solid ones that keeps going, keeps giving. What advice would you give to a new inventor or entrepreneur that's looking to launch their product? everything's going to cost three times as much as you think it's going to and take three times as long. (laughs) Pretty sound advice there. Uh, What about one invention that's made your life easier during the pandemic? It actually has to be the monkey mount. It's just game changing for getting, (laughs) getting all that tension out, you know, and being able to do that hands-free and uh, not being able to get out and see a masseuse during the, the crazy parts of the pandemic. So yeah. Absolutely. All right. Last question, David. And I know this is your first campaign, but still interested to hear your take on what does the future of crowdfunding look like? Yeah. I mean, I just think it's a great way to validate products. And I think for anyone looking to get a product into the space, it's so smart to get that feedback and have customers before you do anything else. So it's just such an amazing tool for that. So just, you know, if you've got something that you think is a good idea, like get it on there and see how 
see how customers respond. That's right. Go launch it. Well, David, this has been amazing. This is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where people should go and why they should check you out. Yeah. I mean, you guys have got to get over to Indiegogo, check out the monkey mount. Every single person that I walk up to in the street, like, hey, what do you do? I was like, I created this really cool product. They're like, oh my God, I have a massage gun. Like, I 100% need that. My wife never never does it for me. Or my some of the other guys are like, hey, I'm single. That's perfect for me. I don't even have a wife or a girlfriend. And, you know, from experience of getting on the product, it just feels so much better than trying to massage yourself. I love to surf. I love to ski. I'm super active. and you know, it really makes me actually use a massage gun way more than I would typically. So I know most inventors are going to be like, hey, my product's awesome, but I really feel this actually serves a genuine need and, and enhances the user experience for anyone with a massage gun. So take my, don't take my word on it. Get yourself one and test it out for yourself. And if you don't like it, feel free to send it back. That's right. I'll take it. But uh, no, you definitely created an amazing product, David. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Audience, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, transcript, links to the campaign, wherever it ends up. And of course, I got to thank our crowdfunding podcast sponsors at the Gadget Flow and Product Hype. David, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thank you, Roy, for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another amazing episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, show us some love by giving us a great rating on your favorite listening station. And of course, make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the previous episodes. And if you need some help, that's what we're here for. Make sure to send me an email to info at artofthekickstart.com. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode.